You've heard it said before about the commandments. You know, the commandment of love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your might, and how that is the greatest commandment. And it is. And when you think about it, many Jews, you know, this message is mostly directed to Jews, if any of you speak English. You know, most of the English audience seem to be of the United States with a Christian background, whereas the Jews tend to be from Israel speaking Hebrew. So they don't necessarily listen to these English messages, but if they do, then I would say this. You can do every single commandment in the Torah and not do every single commandment that tells you not to do, meaning thou shall not, thou shall not, you know, don't kill, don't steal. But even if you do every commandment, you know, you give your brother this and you help the oxen and you take the Sabbath rest and you do all of these things, if you do everything yet have no spirit, you've done nothing. Because the greatest commandment is that of you shall love your God, the Lord your God, Adonai, your maker, with all of your heart, meaning all of it. And then with all of your soul, meaning with all of it. And then all of your might, all of your being, all of your essence, the word is me'odecha, whatever you got, everything that you are. So that is not something you can necessarily do but it is a spiritual commandment because it is a commandment of the internal, of the, the heart, of the soul, of the might. It's not something you can do with your hand. It's not a checkbox that you can, you know, check the box and say, I've done this, what's next? No, it's a state of being that you have to achieve. It's not something you can just do it is a way of living, a way of life. It's like when you get instructions for a refrigerator, operation instruction, it says plug into electricity. It's not something you just do. It has to stay there. It says, love the Lord your God. Well, does it say once? Does it say for five minutes? Does it say three times a day when you put on your tefilling? You know, when you say a prayer, when you do a Hail Mary, when you listen to a Bible study, when you go to church? No. It doesn't give you a time frame because it's not about time. It just, it's what it is. It's, it's period. It, you just do it. <laughs> and it's not something you just do either. It's not as simple as plugging in the fridge to the electricity because it is something that you have to achieve. It is something you have to grow into. It's something you have to develop, to nourish. You can't just love somebody. Definitely not with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your being. It's something that has to be developed over time. Now the question comes then, how can you develop it over time? And why did Yeshua come? What is so great about this commandment that none of us can reach it and fulfill it perfectly? Well, it's very simple when you think about it. In order to fully love God, to fall in love with Him, you have to spend time with Him. You have to get to know Him. And yet, in order for you to be able to get to know God and spend time with Him, you have to be holy and not have any sins in you, or else you cannot be with God, because we know that our sins 
caused a separation between us and God. So it's kind of like a catch-22. So in order to love God, you have to be with him. But in order to be with him and learn to love him, you have to first keep all the commandments. But the commandment is to love God. So how do you get to love him if you can't spend time with him? And you can't spend time with him because you don't love him. And that's why Yeshua came to do. Yeshua came to break that paradox, to, to tear the veil, the separation, the perochet, as they say. It's that curtain in the holy place that separated the holy from the holy of holies, covered the Ark of the Covenant. He came to break that, to tear it up, to make a way for us that we could get to know the Father. He said, my prayer in, in John 16 or 17, I pray that they become one as me and the Father are one, that they know how to love me as I love the Father and the Father loves me. It's all about love, but in order to love, you have to spend time together. You have to get to know each other. You can never fully love God. It's impossible if you don't spend time with Him. You don't fall in love with God by going to church. That's not how it happens. The same way you don't fall in love with your wife by reading her Facebook profile. You know, some of you might fall in lust. Some of you might be a creeper, you know, that want to do whatever he wants to do, but it's not love. Love is when you fully know someone. You're getting to know them. You know enough about them and you have a connection. You can't love someone without ever having engaged them first. There has to be a conversation. There has to be quality time together. And it's also, it's not something instantaneous. It's something that is building up. Now, God does not say, love me the way I love you, because that would be impossible, because we are incapable of loving as God loves. But it doesn't say that, does it? It says, love, it, love the Lord with all of your heart, not with all of God's heart, with all of your heart, whatever you got, give it to God. And it's not much different than a parent who gives his child some money and he says, use this money to buy so-and-so. He doesn't give you the money to not use all of it or to take some away from it, but it's given to you for a specific purpose. And that specific purpose that you got your heart for is to give it to God. And how can you even complain? It's not even yours to begin with. Your life is not yours to begin with. God has created you. You are an artificial intelligence that he has made. You belong to him. Your soul is his. So... Can you really complain that he demands that you love him with all of your heart? And when you really think about it, that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing, actually, because God is life. He is the source of life. And as I said, your soul belongs to him. It's his spirit that gives you life. You do not exist separate from him, that you can take his love and walk away, go somewhere else, create your own universe. No, it doesn't work like that. You exist only in him. He is the only source of life. You do not have life of your own. So, yeah, you should love him because he is what makes you, you. <laughs> You're just a figment of his imagination. So why would you not love him? Why do you have against God anyway? When he loves you so much that he gave you life, he gave you skills, gave you talents, gave you a mind so you can think, you can create, gave you your senses, gave you your features, 
he gave you life and then he paid the ultimate price for your sins, for your choices, for your decisions, for your rebellion, so that you might be forgiven and return to him and live with him eternally. All of this he's done because he loves you. Show me one other person that loves you anywhere near as much as God does. It's impossible. Nobody loves you as much as God does. Nobody is perfect anywhere near that God is. Nobody has God's wisdom. Nobody has his talent. Nobody has his skill. Nobody has his sense of humor. Nobody has anything that ever comes close to God. So if you want to love someone, why not go for the best? And by the way, the best is also the, the one that already loves you more than you could ever imagine. The one who actually did die for you, by the way. And the one who also gave you life and the one who wants you to live with him. It's like some ugly, you know, teenage girl with a broken, crooked nose, a unibra, you know, nasty skin, all kind of diseases. And then Prince Charming comes along, right? The, the, the young, billionaire, handsome, you know, humble, meek smart, intelligent, funny, just Mr. Perfect, he comes along and he wants to marry you. And you're sitting there picking your nose with your spit with blood and mucus and snot and your, your broken back and all kinds of diseases and you're thinking about it and you say no. It's like, what? <laughs> it's like, listen, you blew it, mister. It's like your ship has sailed. If you don't want to love God, you have no hope. Because you're stupid, but not in a good way. I talk about it often. They're stupid in a good way. They're stupid in a bad way. You're stupid in a bad way because you don't even know what's good for you. If you knew what's good for you, you'd know that it's God for you. But you want bad for you, which is dead to you. So what can I say? Repent. Don't repent. I don't care. It's your life anyway. I'm just doing what Papa tells me to do because he loves you. I don't. Stephen don't. We don't love you. Why would we? We don't even know you. Some of you I do. Some of you I love, but not all of you. If I know you, I spoke to you. Maybe I love you. If you're holy, if you love God, I love you. If you hate God, I hate you. It's as simple as that. I love those who love the Lord and I hate those who hate the Lord because my heart is with God, all of it. I love him with all of my heart all of my soul, all of my mind. That's, that's, that's all I live for. That's all I'm about. You want to know what I'm about? I'm about God. See, some people, they dedicate their whole life to bicycles. They live, breathe, talk, eat, all, bicycles all day long. Talk about the new bike and this bike, pictures everywhere, bicycle. Other people for weed, right? They wear the cannabis hats, they wear cannabis shirts, they sing reggae. It's their life. It's all centered about that. Other people, it's with sports, football. Other people, it's Hollywood. Me, I'm about the Lord. <laughs> My whole life surrounds the Lord. Every day, every night, all day, every night. I just breathe, eat, sleep, wake, all about the Lord. Because I'm obsessed, I'm possessed, and I'm in love. And why wouldn't I be? Why wouldn't you be when God is so amazing? Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, you're beautiful.
Glory to you. 